0: That's more like my back than my knees. <laughs> I keep my good eye in my pocket. Let me get it out. Again, let me say thank you for allowing me to be here, and I mean that from the depths of my heart. You folks, just—you when I come here, I feel like I'm, I'm coming home, and, and I appreciate that so, so much, and thank you for everything. Young people, you were awake tonight. Amen. Did you get an old man's afternoon now? Now, you ain't worth killing then. Okay. All right, we're going to do the same thing this morning. We're going to go to a very, very familiar story and give you some warnings here, give you some things that will help you. So, if you'd find Luke 15, that would get us started. Luke and chapter 15. You know the story, but let's give it. You know, I've told this story before, but there was a man that uh, had a cat that he loved. And uh, a man to love a cat is a. Like a man loving Walmart, there's something's wrong with the old boy. Uh, If you're a man, you like Walmart. Listen, uh, don't even come talk to me. It's it's this you're you're different than uh, than uh, what I would prefer to be around. But he's very wealthy, and he loved his cat. But he always wanted to go overseas, and he took his trip overseas, and <clears throat> he called back, and the butler answered the phone. And he said, Hey man, he said, How's the cat? And he said, Sir, the cat died. Oh, he went to pieces. I mean, he loved that, loved that cat. He just went totally to pieces. Slammed the phone down, and he sat there, and pouted, and cried a while. And he called the butler back and said, Could you have not said that in a different way? He said, Well, yes, sir, I guess I could have. He said, I could have said, How's the cat? And you'd say, sir, the cat's on the roof and we're trying to get it down. I'd call back later and said, what, what happened? You'd say, well, we had to call the fire department to get the cat out. It jumped from top of the roof over to a tree and, and the cat sort of fell and got hurt a little bit and we had to take it to the vet. I could have called back and said, how about the cat? And you could have said, well, sir, the cat didn't make it. Could not you have handled that and said that a little differently? He said, yes, sir, I could have. He said, by the way, how's mother? He said, she's on the roof and we're trying to get her down. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, so maybe I can take this familiar story and give it to you in just a little different way. All right? Maybe, maybe you'll get something out of it. But uh, here's the thing. The, the, the second, for some reason, I'm talking about good churches. I, I don't even consider them other people churches. But I'm talking about saved people. Saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Not through some work, not through some church, not through some preacher. I'm talking about through Jesus Christ. Really save people, all right? It's amazing to me that the first time you have troubles in your life, something bad happens, you quit the only things that can help you. You'll quit church, you'll quit the Bible, and you'll quit the feet of Jesus. And those are the only three places that can help you. And, And what happens, we wind up far away from God. And not in a better place. And that's what this story is all about. So let me read you a little bit. Then I'm going to throw some things at you. And we'll go get a strawberry milkshake. <coughs> and uh, wherever I told you it's all good. Luke 15. Begin verse 11. And he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that uh, falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance, righteous living, not righteous <coughs> living. And and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. By, by the way, fun, uh, fun uh, sin is fun for a season, but boy, when that season ends. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance, righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants in my father's house have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, (coughs) I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him, (coughs) and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, <coughs> I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and uh, put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Father, I ask you to bless the ring of your holy word. Help my throat in Jesus' name. Amen. Mrs. Harris had brought up <clears throat> some kind of a cough drop, <clears throat> and it's full of liquor. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about a little bit of liquor. I'm talking about two fingers deep, okay? And, uh, uh, and I, I need it, I really do, so I can preach. But I'm afraid to have it, but as soon as church is over, I'm having it. Amen. Uh, Amen. <clears throat> Here, I want you to just notice a few things. Let me throw some things at you. This kid got to the point where he was so fed up with God, with his father, with this walk with God and being a a Christian, so to speak. He he was just tired of it, fed of it. To the point that his hatred began to build up. And he wanted to get totally away from it. When you totally want to get away from something, you hate it. I'm sorry, you get mad if you want to. But let me give you a few statements here that will help you understand some things. Hatred erodes the container that it's carried in. Every time. Not once in a while, but every time. I'll prove it to you. A year or so ago, maybe two years ago, our country was in a great shape. The stock markets were high. Anybody that wanted a job could have one. We had the lowest unemployment of any time in history, <clears throat> uh, by the way, uh, of all races of people. I mean, equality, only equality. We had it as far as the job market. We had it. All right, the uh, <clears throat> uh, things were cheaper. Taxes had gone down. Gas was a dollar and ten cents cheaper than a gallon is now. And I could go on and on and on about all the good things that were happening. But the man that caused all that seemed like he was always mad at somebody. he had put out these tweaks and whatever else you're called. I don't know what, what are they called, brother, when you Google and you giggle and you do all that other stuff. I don't know, uh, uh, Facebooking and all that other booking and joking and all that stuff. But anyway, and people despised him. And watch this carefully. Even though our country was in the best shape it had been since Ronald Reagan, I said it, yes I did. Now listen to me carefully. We hated, this country hated the president so badly, now watch this carefully, that the hatred inside them absolutely eroded everything inside them. And they sold America down the creek because of hatred. Now are we better off because of that hatred or worse off? Was this kid in this story? You know the story of the prodigal son better than I do. Was this was this young man with because of his hatred and left and did what he did? Was he better off before or after? You can't listen to me. You cannot get away from what's right and do good. It's just life. <clears throat> I want you to show you just a few things that he did. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a statement. you going to you're going to think I've lost my mind, but that's okay. I have. Die young as old as possible. And repeat that. Because some of you are going, huh? Die young. Are you listening to me, fellas? Die young as old as possible. While you're young, die to your stupidity and your immaturity. And wanting to have it your way. Did you realize you're never going to have it your way? I'm going to tell you how smart of a teenager I was. I got so tired of people telling me what to do, I went to the Marine Corps. <laughs> and everybody knows in there, nobody tells you what to do. So we've got to get to that point in our lives where we die young as old and as mature as we can be. Amen. You're not going to get that anywhere but from God. You don't get it anywhere except from a good family. You don't get that anywhere except from church. You don't get that anywhere except from God. You don't get that anywhere except from the Bible. So die young, as old as possible. Die to self. Be alive to God. Best advice anybody could ever, ever, ever give you. So now let me throw some things at you. Verse 13, the Bible says this. <clears throat> and not many days after the younger son, watch that next word, circle it, gathered. He gathered. Now I picture in my mind, I, uh, I've told you before, I was grown, married, had kids, I got saved. So a lot of things that you grew up knowing, I didn't know. I picture in my mind when I read a story in the Bible, I picture that I'm sitting there watching it happen. I'm not just reading about something. Whether you believe this or not, I believe the Bible's a living book. I, I really do. Now, I, I'm going I to be honest with you. I, I, somebody said that uh, uh, you're, you're a fanatic. Yeah, I'm a fan of God's. <laughs> I'm a fanatic. I, I believe that when I read the Bible, I believe it just as if it was God himself standing there telling me those things. Now, you make fun of me. I don't care. I'm a big boy. But I, listen, I even believe the map's in the back of the Bible. I believe the commons and the and, and, peers and all them other things that you smart people know that are. I don't know what they are. How can, have, how can you have a colon and a semicolon? That don't make sense to me. But you can, they say. But I want you to watch what he did. He gathered When people, and by the way, I I, I know this is a young people's, every time you go to youth camp somewhere, you hear this sermon, youth conference, you're going to hear this uh, prodigal son story. I understand all that, but don't turn me off yet, okay? I know that we pick on young people about as soon as they get out of the Christian school, you know, they turn their back on God and take off. Nobody in this room, that's not true. Half the people in this room won't know what I'm talking about. Women used to wear pantyhose. Now they wear them without clothes over them. Uh, they do. Uh, leg, what do you call it? Leggings? I don't know what it's called. What's it called, brother? <laughs> where's, where's Mrs. Harris? Uh, <clears throat> she, she would know. She would know. But it seemed like when they got girls about years ago, when they got to that age, what they call the pantyhose age, they were too tight because it squeezed her brain right at her head. <laughs> and at a certain age we got, we would just turn our back on God. But let me say to you, to you old geezers, you can do it just like a teenager can do it. You could turn your back on God in a heartbeat. So I picture as I look at this story, <clears throat> he, boy, he's had it. <laughs> His hatred has just eroded his insides. He's not thinking straight. His heart is wicked. He's evil now. And I I can picture him, I'm I'm out out of here. He's gathering up his stuff. He might have gathered up the old Bible his mama gave him. I guarantee he gathered up some thoughts that he heard the preacher say. He gathered up some things that maybe his dad had laid aside. And he gathered everything he had. Watch this carefully. He gathered everything he had and turned his back on the father. I know of grown men and women. I know of men who have gathered their wife and kids and took them away from God. They gathered everything they had and turned their back on God. I know some some people that was raised in a preacher's home that have gathered things and turned their back on God. Everything that there was ever taught about truth, about the Bible, about the word of God, and and it's common sense. They gathered it up and left. And the devil said, I got that preacher. No, you didn't. You just got the dumb kid. I guarantee the preacher still loves him. By the way, let me say this to you. God still loves them. God will never give you, not give you a chance to come back. Amen. Even this story, the young man came back to the father. But be careful just gathering because you want out of there. Because he gathered and lost everything. We find in verse 13, he gathered. Verse 15, we find another thing he did. And He went. He went. He gone in modern-day terminology he gone and, and, and some people will say as soon as I graduate miss Christian school I am gone he gathered and he went we're to hang on to what we got and we are not leave what's right One day, you'll wake up like this young man in the Bible did. But for many people, it's too late. Many, many people, it's just too late. There was a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old girl. And the 15-year-old told the 14-year-old, I'm out of here. I'm going to run away from home. Come with me. Oh, I couldn't do that. My parents done anything wrong to me. They've been good to me. They take me to church. They, they, they uh, take, uh, I have my own room. I have clothes. I have, I, I have everything. Why would I want to run away from home? Oh, come on. This, and the 15-year-old talked the 14-year-old into, into running away with her. They were going to go to New York City. They got about halfway up there. They got into the Carolinas. And the 15-year-old girl said, man, I'm going home. I'm going back. Wait a minute, the 14-year-old said. You talked me into leaving home. You talked me into running away. I can't go back now. I've left that long letter. I can't go back. And the bad girl went back, and the good girl went on New York City. When she got off the bus, she looked around half scared to death, and a young man came up to her and said, I know you're a runaway. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, and That's okay. There's a bunch of us here. That's why we came to New York. We're all runaways. We help each other. They took her and put her into sex slavery And ruined her. You know what the next thing the family heard about her was? Out of a 14-story apartment building in New York City, she jumped to her death. Why? Because many prodigals never make it back. Many never come to their selves and come back. I've said it before. Let me tell you. I even said it this morning. Some of the best church members I've ever had because of COVID I'll never see again. Because they got used to staying home. They didn't have to get up on Sunday morning and get dressed. They didn't have to go run a bus route or teach Sunday school class. All they had to do was flick the TV on. And half the time they didn't even do that. Why? They went. They went. But not only that, (coughs) watch what else happened in verse 15. And he went and joined. Now watch this carefully. He not only gathered, but he went and he joined, and he joined himself to the wrong crowd. Now, let me make everybody mad at one time, get it over with so I can preach. When you leave a good church and the devil convince you that you still ought to be in church, you're going to wind up in the wrong church. I'm talking about the kind of church that won't even preach the truth, damnable doctrines. You won't know, you won't know, let's be careful. You'll be as mixed up as a termite in a yo yo. And not even know which ends up. He gathered, he went, he joined. Verse 13, we found out he couldn't wait. And not many days after. Not many days. He just couldn't wait. Fellas, listen to me carefully. You don't believe this, but this old man loves you. And I know you sure don't believe it. saying how old I am. But I've been your age before. And probably three or four or ten different times your age. I've been your age many times, in other words. Believe this or not, I know what you're thinking. You can come from a good home, good grandparents, good parents, and still mess up. And some of us, we just can't wait to be grown. Young ladies, let's You're afraid if you're, if you're 18 and not married, you're going to be an old maid. That's as dumb as a day-old goat. you got the rest of your life to be married. You got the rest of your life to work. And once you say, I do, you've done. <laughs> Puppy love always leads to a dog's life. Amen. Marriage is a great institution, but who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> By the way, fellas, quit making fun of the women. Married men live 15 years longer than single men. So if you want to live long and miserable, get married. Amen. Amen. He just couldn't wait. And in verse 3, he wasted his substance. Wasted it. Some of you young men could be the next great preacher. You realize some of you guys right here could be the next Jack Howes or the next Lee Robertson. You, you guys don't don't look at them like that. You don't know. They could be. Some of you girls could be the next Sunday school teacher that wins the next Jack Howes or the next Lee Robertson. But we just can't wait. Could do our thing. He wasted his, wait, he wasted his money. By the way, he wasted his youth. He wait, Let no man despise thy youth. He wasted his money, wasted his youth. He's wasted his countenance. But here's what I want to get to. Look at verse 14. Uh, let, me, let me read you three quick verses, and I want you to mark something. Verse 13, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took a journey into where? A far country. He's farther away from than he ought to be. Really? Go to verse 14. And we spent all, there arose a mighty phantom where? In that land. Not the land where he's supposed to be. But in that land. Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of what? That country. Makes sense if you look at it that way, doesn't it? He has messed up. He's got away from God. He's got away from the man of God. He's got away from the house of God. He's got away from the word of God in that land. In that land, there was hogs. To the Jews, a very unclean thing. I've always thought, now, nah, I I know this is a Navy town. I know that, a bunch of anchor clinkers. <clears throat> Uncle Sam's canoe club, Brother Burns. Hey, Amen. But a Marine don't clinker anchors. He fights, all right? And I, I get—I I watch this stuff sometimes that's going on in the in the in, this, in the world, and I'm telling you, I, I get to the point where I just want to fight. And I'm not saying that's right, but I'm talking about in that land, in that land, in that land, there was hogs there. I I, I believe that if if the uh, terrorist wants to play the game, they'll hide in churches. And hide in schools, they'll hide in hospitals because they know we're too sweet and kind to blow them up in those places. That's why they're the president, I'm not. Because I'd get me about 400 airplanes and I'd fill them, not full of bombs, but I'd fill them full of pigs and hogs. (laughs) And I'd fly over going, fly pigs. And i just throw pig blood all over every one of them so they could go to hell if if they believed that. Listen carefully. There was hogs there, very ugly. By the way, have you ever thought about this? The Bible said that he wanted to eat the husk that the hogs did eat. Now watch this carefully now. He's away from home. There's famine where he is. He's in a different place. Husk, not corn. He's, a, he's overeating husk. Bob Bible didn't say corn. So he's in, he's in an unclean place with hogs. He's, he's eating husk and not, not the corn. He's not the good of the land. He's hungry. He's begging for bread. He's helpless and, and, and hopeless, and nothing's going wrong. But there's a few things worse, and I want you to understand this is where I'm trying to get to. It's a sh- very, very short distance. Away from God. But a very, very long way back. That's why you must die young, as old as possible, and start understanding some things. Anybody can quit. Anybody can be a quitter. You're, you guys ever play sports? And a guy's getting just whooped. The other guy just beating him up. All of a sudden, his leg hurts, or he got to come out of the game for some reason. He's a quitter. That's called, we used to call it goal-breaking. Amen. Anybody can quit. And we've made it so easy in our country, there's more divorces than there is marriages. Why? It's easy to quit. Anybody can quit. But when we do, there's a price to pay. Let me me say this to you. Things are always worse in that land than the land where you're supposed to be. He realized later in the Father's house is where the blessings are. The, the, very, the servants, uh, listen, back where I came from, the bus workers are blessed by God more than the millionaires out here in the world. I, I believe this, I believe God, listen to me, you don't have to do nothing, but I believe God would put angels on rations to feed a soul winner. Things are worse than that land In that far country, and we still want to go farther than the far country. We're not even, uh, by the way, Satan's never happy with just getting us to sin. He's not happy until he's destroyed us. Be very careful with that. But there's things worth it over in that land. What about eternal hunger in hell? What about no bread of life in a place called hell? No man gave it him, no soul winner in hell me. Help help. There is a way to stay out of hell, but there's no way out of hell. Did anybody understand what I just said? There is a way to stay out of hell, but there's no way out of hell. You must realize certain things. Lonely forever in hell. Punishment for never coming to God. Oh, what a thing. There's some things worse than the hog pen. It's called a place called hell. And by the way, there's some things better than the house of God. It's called heaven. Amen. What was, what was the remedy that this young man found out about? He found out, listen, I messed up, but I do have a father I can go back to. That's the remedy, right? Here's your remedy in a nutshell. Ready? Here's your remedy. Realize you need help. You're in a stinking hog pen. You need help. But we can't admit that. You think I'm coming back to the pastor admitting I was wrong? (laughs) Donkeys fly. You you think I'm going back to my bus captain and say, you know what? (laughs) I I, I want to work. Or to the the bus pastor and say, I want my bus route back. They ain't going to do that. Pride. But I want my Sunday school class back. If you, if you came to yourself, then you would. But the remedy is, realize you need help. You're in a hog pen. Number two, you need to admit your need for help. And you're in need for help because of your sin. It's, it's as much, listen carefully, it's as much a sin to quit on God than it is to commit a horrible sin. And Let me shock you with something. You ready? Christians are just as capable to commit a sin as a lost person is. Things we need to learn. Then the best remedy for this whole mess is this. Do something about it. Do something about it. Come back to the Father. In the Father's house, there's plenty. I once was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous begging bread. Amen. Amen. I'm better off back at the Father's house. We cannot live until we're born. We cannot live free until we're born again. Because when I am lost and unsaved, I'm a slave to sin. I was smoking four and a half packs of cigarettes a day until the day I got saved. I was highballing, doing liquor and drugs at the same time up to the day I got saved. I don't know where the jails are now, but I used to tell you where they all were. Why? I was a slave to sin. Oh, I had a God. carried him in my front pocket. And about every 15, 20 minutes, he'd say, hey, put your hands on me. And I'd go, yes, sir. He'd say, shake me. Take one out. Put it in your mouth, like me, suck on me, you fool. And I obeyed him. I obeyed him. You'd be quiet, because I was a slave to sin. Sundays, and this is one of the simplest things we have forgot. Sundays used to be a holy day, and now it's a holiday. We're ashamed of ourselves. You say, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct. I would not argue with that for one second. We're free out in this world, away from godly people, away from church, away from the preacher, away from the Bible, away from God, away from, away from everything. I'm free out here in this world. A fish out of water is free, but he ain't going to be alive very long. Amen. A bird under the water is free. But he's not going to be alive very long. Some of us are just existing. We're not living. Because we gathered, we went, and we wasted what we had. We've got to be careful. Because now, better than any other time in history, we can get out of church so fast it would scare you. We can get away from God so fast you wouldn't believe it. We can get away from a good church. Money. money. Uh-oh, a preacher, we're going to move over to this other city because that's, that's where the jobs are. There's no Christian school or there. There's no good churches over there. We're going anyway. That Don't tell me that don't happen. Say, preacher, what are you trying to tell us tonight? I'm trying to tell you. We've got a lot of people trying to go farther than the far country. And it's destroying our country, it's destroying our churches, it destroys our families, and it's destroying us as individuals.